And even now, I mean, sometimes it still hurts my feelings. And I can see that my son's doing something that's wrong. And it still hurts. My, like, I'm still like, okay, I'm going to go in the other room because if he looks at me again, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to abandon you, my child, yeah. <laughs> so your stepfather can discipline you. Oh, there you go, I, Lex. Yeah. That's good. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 209 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. What's happening, y'all? What's happening, y'all? Ready for sometime? Sometime. Well, it's Memorial Day as we are Mm -hmm. recording this. And usually Memorial Day is a day to go swimming, have barbecues, all that stuff, right? It is chilly. It has been quite chilly here, considering it's the end of May. And people are complaining about it, but I am not. (laughs) Yeah, they won't be complaining in a few more weeks when it's 105 degrees. (laughs) Yeah, just when you walk outside, you start sweating and can't breathe. Yep. Which, that's what I like. I like the sweating and can't breathe. You would, David. You would. <laughs> so what's going on in your neck of the woods, David? Uh, let's see. My neck of the woods. Let's see. I did an impromptu uh, home improvement project <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> I need to get the video from Jackson so people can see you bust the wall with your head. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> yes, you extended our... Would you call it a storage pantry? Yeah. Yeah. It's a pantry that was um, like a, it was a little closet, but it was un- underneath the staircase. And so one day I got to thinking, you know, the staircase goes back a lot further, but the the closet's only like two feet deep. So I want to see what's behind this wall. What's behind wall number one? <laughs> <laughs> so I kicked a hole in it and I looked. He did. <laughs> And then he kicked a bigger hole in it. And then we let the dog go behind there. And I said, oh, my goodness, is that a dog behind the wall? And then here she comes out of the hole. (laughs) You know, it sounds like we're really silly when I tell people stuff we do. We are silly. We are silly. We're we're very entertaining, not just just when we're with others or on the podcast. We're just naturally this way. Naturally. (laughs) So, I want to talk about boundaries for a second. Uh Uh-oh, what'd I do? (laughs) No, this has nothing to do with you today. Oh, really? Not today. You're not going to complain about me today? Not today. Wow. I've noticed a lot of people in our Facebook group will say, I can't nacho that. You choose not to nacho that. Would you let me finish? No, sorry. Go ahead. I guess I crossed the boundary. You did. And I said, I read that and I say, so you're willing to end the relationship with your significant other rather than not showing the kids wet towels. Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. So you're just going to make your life miserable, the stepkids life miserable and your husband's life miserable because you can't not show the towels. Which ultimately may end in... A separation. Right. When I read 
I can't nacho that. That means that is my heel to die on. That means this is more important than my relationship. Right. Mm. A lot of people just don't look at it that way. They look at it as, oh, I can't do that. No, as David said prematurely, (laughs) you choose not to. You are making the choice to continue to let the wet towels steal your joy and affect your relationships. But Lori. No, no, no. You don't understand. I do understand. (laughs) I've been there. I've done that. And she does have the t-shirt for it. (laughs) I do. But the wet towels, the shoes on the floor, the empty cereal boxes, whatever, was not a hill I was willing to die on. Which means those were not things that were going to destroy our relationship. Yeah. They could have if I wouldn't have learned how to cope with things better. Well, it's important to also mention here that it doesn't, we're not saying nor advocating that you always are completely ignoring. Nachoing is not ignoring. And so this is one of the misunderstandings when you say, well, just nacho the wet towels on the floor. We're not saying just completely ignore them and act like they don't exist. Mm -hmm. What we're saying is there's a better way to handle it than to make everybody else's lives miserable. Or to even fight with your significant other or the stepkids about it. Right. You have to put the proper emotional weight on things. Mm Mm-hmm. So that means that there are options. And honestly, if you sit back long enough to either consider the options, you might decide it's not worth it. And so think about it. If I say something to the kids, what's going to happen? And then let it play out in your head. Well, if I say something to your kids, then they'll get mad. They'll say something back to me. Then I'll get mad. I'll say something to my significant other, and then he'll get mad. Okay, great. You took one issue, which was the wet towels, and you turned it into a nuclear weapon (laughs) that got dropped into the middle of your relationship. I don't like the way you're saying that, though. Okay. Because it makes it sound like that all falls on the step-parent that has the issues with the wet towels. It doesn't all fall on the step-parent that has the issues. It falls on the it falls on the person who has to make a decision about how to handle the, the problem that's there. Now, it doesn't matter if it's the step-parent or if it's the bio-parent. Uh, we're leaving the kids out of this because their brains aren't formed enough to have make any decisions. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's a matter of thinking through what are the responses or reactions that your decision is going to get and what are your options. And this is the one where people get crazy with it sometime when we say this, but the one option is maybe pick up the towels yourself. But I'm not showing. <laughs> well, you can pick so, up those towels if you're not showing. Yeah, you can. Now, some people go, well, no, that's not teaching the kids. You fill in the blank. I agree. It's not. However, It's not what we're trying to accomplish here. We're not trying to accomplish raising the kids at this moment. We are trying trying to to accomplish lowering your stress and the stress in the blend. Right. So get out your little Liberty scales (laughs) and you say, 
which one causes me the most stress? Seeing the wet towels on the floor, creating mold and destroying XYZ, or me picking them up. Not that either one is completely without stress, because they're not, but which one is going to be less stressful to deal with? And then you can decide later how you want to try to handle that with your significant other. I wouldn't try to handle it with the kids. There's no use. I believe I've spoken about this in the past, but there was a lady that messaged me, and these towels were driving her crazy. And she said, if I pick them up, that's not nachoing though, right? And I replied to her, and I said, which will give you more stress, leaving the towels there or picking them up? She said, leaving them there. I said, then pick them up. But you're still not showing because you're not fussing at the stepkids about it. Right. And you're not going to your husband saying, little Johnny left a wet towel on the floor again. Right. This is what I mean when I say not showing does not mean ignoring. Right. You know, whether it's ignoring the kids, ignoring the significant other, ignoring the towels on the floor, not ignoring. It never has been, nor ever will be, equal to ignoring. And yes, you may be teaching those children that if I leave my wet towel on the floor, sweet angel Lori is going to pick it up. Well, sweet angel Lori is the one worried about the towels, not the kids. And sweet angel Lori could say, hey, David, when you get a chance, can you go check the rooms for towels? I'm washing towels or whatever. I'm getting ready to start mm-hmm. a load of towels. And this lady actually did ask her husband. He didn't care. He wasn't going to go pick up the towels. So that's when she had to make a choice. Am I going to end my relationship over wet towels? Am I going to lose my sanity over wet towels? Am I going to damage the relationship with everybody in the house over towels? Am I going to drive myself back crap crazy over the towels? Or am I just going to pick them up? Yeah, and do realize that once you do have that good relationship with the stepkids, then you are at a point where you potentially could say, hey, how about uh, grab those towels and bring them in here and throw them in the dirty clothes? Mm -hmm. Just to say, if you say I cannot nacho something, to me, the creator of the Nacho Kids Method, that means I am willing to separate, get divorced, move out, whatever, in the relationship with my significant other, Because this is something that is one of my non-negotiables. Yep. So the proper use of I cannot nacho that might be. I don't want to. (laughs) My significant other slapped me upside the head with a frying pan. I would say you should not nacho that. (laughs) Well, yeah, because you don't nacho safety. And that's another thing. A lot of people's definition of safety is different, I've noticed. Yeah. As well as the word abuse. Yeah. So if your kid was sneaking out of the house, David, Mm -hmm. that could be construed as a safety issue. Yeah. Okay. I tell you, David, Ethan's sneaking out of the house again. You know about it. You're aware of it. I told you. At that point, you're done. At that point, I'm done. Yep. If he does it again... I've already told you about it. Of course, we probably should define the word done when we say that. 
<laughs> when we say at that point I'm done, doesn't mean you're done with the relationship. It no. means you, you're done with their, your responsibility. Yep. It means I have informed their caregiver, their bio parent of the issue, and it is now in their hands to deal with it. Yeah. No different than if you saw the neighbor's kid sneak out the window. And he was like, Mr. Neighbor, saw your kid sneak out the window again. You're not going to keep calling the neighbor every day going, have you punished them yet? What have you done? What did you do? Right. How are you going to handle this? I need to know. Yep. Exactly. Good point, David. Good point. Yeah. All right. And Go ahead. Anyway, I was going to say, there's, there's arguments for all this. Somebody's listening to this right now going, yeah, David, but I live with them, and that's my stepkid. And yeah, I get all that. You're, but you're not at that point where you can interject yourself in that way. Mm-hmm. If you were, then you wouldn't be saying things like, I can't nacho that. So this just goes to speak to there are levels to nachoing. And that's part of what you learn in the academy. And that's part where you learn how to know what level you're in and whether or not you should be trying to move on to the next level and, and all that. And by levels, you mean kind of like in a game. How you win one part one and you're on to part two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not levels as in, oh, I'm only not showing certain things. Because there are right. different levels to which you nacho. Right. Yep. So just to clarify that. Okay. So anyway, it's complex because we're dealing with complex people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Our guest today is Lex. And she is known as Steplex. <laughs> Steplex. She's been blending for two and a half years. Has a stepdaughter, 13, a stepson, 16, a foster daughter, 15, and a bio son, 4. In the beginning of their relationship, the stepson was very clingy to her. And it caused her to feel overwhelmed very quickly. Hmm. And we see that. Where the stepkid is wanting a relationship with that other parental type so badly that they stick to the step-parent like glue. Like, I want you to be my mommy. I want you to be my mommy. (laughs) Isn't it funny, though, that you got it happens the opposite way at times, too, but sometimes people don't see it? like. You know, the the parent comes in, step-parent comes in. They're wanting a relationship really badly. And so they're pushing for that relationship. And the kids are like, I ain't ready for this. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, we as adults don't recognize that. But if it's the other way around where the kids are like, I want a relationship. And you're like, no, slow down. Like, you recognize the stress there. And it's like, wait a minute. Let me have the relationship in my own time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just interesting you have the same thing happening uh, in different ways, whether it's to the step-parent or from the step-parent, and it's looked at differently. Role reversal. Yes. The hardest part of blending for her is parenting together as she was a single mom for two years. Mm. And also trying to compensate for the lack of what by a mom has never done for the kids and her partner. So stepmoms come in, and they don't only want to be the mom the kids don't have. They want to be the spouse that their significant other never had. Mm -hmm. If their significant other says, oh, my ex never cooked, 
Then by golly, watch out. Betty Crocker's getting ready to bust up through that door. I don't know about that. My ex never cooked. Well, you never complained about it, so. <laughs> you knew from day one I didn't like to cook. Anyway, we're not going down day, that path, David. Day one, we weren't talking about cooking. All right. <laughs> Best advice. My partner is forever. Our kids are only obligated to be here until they're 18. Yep. But that doesn't mean the kids and the issues of the Blianna go away at 18. Just to clarify. Oh, no. Just to clarify. Yeah. No, they don't. Something unique about their blend? They are a military family. Both are divorced. They had a long-distance relationship for eight months. And the stepdaughter, 13, is actually her partner's ex-stepdaughter. Oh, I had to draw that one out. Okay. Stepdaughter, 13, is bio mom's bio daughter. Wow. Okay. So he's stepdad to her. Gotcha. But he still gets her. Hmm. Interesting. Because she has no contact with her bio dad. Yeah. She admits that both had the guilty parent syndrome. It wasn't just one of them. And I asked her if it bothered her when her partner would parent her kid. Yeah, it used to. Hmm. <laughs> You know, that, that reminds me. I need to ask my dad. Can't ask my mama. I need to ask my dad if it bothered him when my mom would parent me. And you should ask your parents, David. In, in a biological yeah. situation? Yeah. Because okay. you've got still got two people. Their parenting styles may be a little different. Your mom may beat the snot out of you. No, I'm talking back in the day when you could do that. Your <laughs> mom could whip you with a belt, and your daddy just puts you on restriction. So when your mom was whipping you, your daddy don't like it, but you're still a nuclear family. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to remember back. Back to when the dinosaurs roamed. Back when I was married the first time and we were a bio family. I don't, I don't necessarily recall any specific instances like that. I mean, I'm sure there were times where I was like, oh, it's just your mama overreacting, mm -hmm. you know? And so you have that, those kind of things where it's like, oh, don't worry about it kind of thing. So I'm, I'm sure that there was even some times in the, in the biological family, the nuclear family that I didn't agree with the parenting style. It was just handled differently. Mm-hmm. We also talk about steps or stairs in the home. If you are a blended family, it is best to have a one-story home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of the noise from upstairs. Yeah, if your kid's running down the steps or up the steps, it doesn't bother you as much as when the stepkids do it. Nope. So just a little note there for y'all. <laughs> all right, that's all I'm going to tell you for now. All right, let's get to listening. Today, we have Stepmom Lex. Hey, Lex, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How about yourself? Good. So tell us a little bit about your blend, how long you've been blending, and all about the kids and all that stuff. Sure, yeah. So my partner and I have been together about two and a half years now, so I'm still on the early side of stepmotherhood. And actually, the first, like, I think seven or eight months of that was long distance. He's in the military, so... 
That's another aspect of our life. And I've got a bio son who is about to turn five, a stepson who is six, a stepdaughter who is 13. And we recently became foster parents. So we also have a foster daughter who is 15 right now. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you mind me asking if she's like a family member? Mm-hmm. She is. Yeah. Okay. She's related biologically to me, but she lives with us permanently now. So. Okay. And how often do you have your your son and the stepkids? So for my son, I have primary custody of him. He sees his dad every other weekend. And then with my stepkids, it's a little bit complicated. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it always is, right? Yeah. <laughs> So my stepson, we have 50-50 consistently. It's court ordered. With my stepdaughter, it's a little bit different because she is actually my partner's stepdaughter from his previous marriage with bio mom. So neither of us are actually biologically related to her. So Okay. Now we <laughs> yeah, we so, have had that before. So that's mm-hmm. not too abnormal. Yeah. So on during seasons where things are mostly positive or at least kind of neutral. She lives here 50-50 as well. And she has the same custody and holiday schedule as my stepson when things are not running smoothly, which has been a lot of this last year of our lives. She's kind of just here whenever bio mom decides to let her be here. So that's tricky. And our foster daughter is here full time. So So you really don't have a court order with the stepdaughter 13. No, mm-mm. no, because they never did the step parent adoption. So my partner has no legal rights to her at all. Okay. Yeah. So we both don't. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that one's a really, I don't know. It's just kind of sad sometimes, you know, especially for, for my bio son, because he only gets to see her when she's with us. Um, for my stepson, obviously he goes back to his mom's and he still gets to see his sister, but for my son, he only gets to see her whenever she's here. So it, it's, you know, touchy. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have bio son, who's four, mm-hmm. almost five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have him all the time, except for every other weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How yeah. long was your, y'all were married, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So how long was your husband with the ex? I think they were married for like three years, but together total eight or nine years. Okay. Yeah. So a long time. And he's a little older than me. So I'm 26. He's, I think he's about to turn 31 this year. So not, not a huge age gap, but he is a little older than me. So they got together when he was super young, like 18, 19, and just kind of stuck it out for as long as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, and you may not know the answer to this, mm-hmm. about bio, well, your husband. How long did you say they were together before they got married? Um, Probably like five years. So he was in stepdaughter's life for about eight years. Yes. He came into her life and met her when she was two. So, And she has no contact with her biological dad either. So that's the only dad that she's ever had. Okay. That makes more mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like she calls him dad and she calls me her stepmom. Like that's always very much been, you know, her dad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you came into the blend, you said some of your relationship was long distance. Mm -hmm. Did you have concerns about him, first of all, having a kid and secondly, Mm -hmm. having a 
kid in his life that really wasn't his? At that time, he had both of the kids primarily. When the separation happened between him and his ex, it was kind of just like she would pick them up whenever she kind of had the opportunity to and would just kind of dump them back off whenever. So he had them about 90% of the time for almost a year, like nine or 10 months. So at that time, I actually thought, you know, this is great because you have the kids both primarily. I have my son primarily. And I didn't think, I guess I really was super naive. I had no idea what was actually going to happen when we moved in together and how things were going to go down. I did not ever expect for my stepdaughter to be kind of used as a weapon. Honestly, that's how I feel. And why do you feel that way? Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Mm -hmm. It just feels like whenever things don't go a particular way, the first thing to go is her. And um, I think that's just the only thing that there is still bio mom has total control over that situation. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that kind of gets used against us whenever we don't agree on things or whenever, you know, like with my platform and things like that, that's caused a lot of issues. So there's a lot of times where it's like, oh, like a screenshot of something I posted will be sent. And it's like, you know, hope you enjoyed seeing her never again. And then she's gone. You know, she's been gone for like, I think the longest time was five months where we didn't get to see her. We weren't allowed to talk to her, blocked from her phone, you know. And that hurts and nobody but the kid. Well, I mean, exactly. it hurts everybody. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, I think that it hurts her the most because it's like she already has these deep wounds from kind of essentially being abandoned by her dad, her biological dad. And so to kind of be forced to feel abandoned when you finally get to have the dad that you deserve to have and who obviously wants you and fights for you, but our hands are kind of tied. I think that for my stepdaughter, it probably hurts her more than anybody else and more than we will ever know because she's not very good at talking about her feelings. She does more so with me, I think, than than most people, Mm -hmm. but she definitely tries to be very like tough on the surface. Like I don't cry. I don't this, you know, but deep down when we talk about it, you can see the hurt all over her face, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I just can't, it's very hard for me as a bio mom of my son to wrap my head around that because my son's dad, doesn't make great parenting decisions. And, you know, we've had our fair share of issues with court and I still think it's important for him to know who his dad is. And, you know, his dad FaceTimes him every day. And that's because of me, like, that's because I put my foot down and was like, if you're just going to randomly call him, don't call him, be consistent or be gone because he deserves somebody who's consistent. And even though I don't agree with everything he does as a parent, and obviously our relationship didn't work out, I still recognize how valuable that is for my son. And I think that kids deserve consistency. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So y'all met. Mm -hmm. Let's see, you've been together two and a half years. So your son Mm -hmm. was about two. Yes. Mm -hmm. So he was fairly young. Yes. And how long had you been with his dad? I think we were together maybe three years total. We had broken up a lot. We got married 
mostly out of obligation, to be honest. He was going into the police academy and wanted me to quit my job so that I could stay home with my son, who was a newborn. So I did. And then he failed the police academy like three days in, he got dropped. And that was kind of the beginning of the end. So I think that marriage was maybe five or six months total. Okay. Wow. Yeah, nothing. It's completely different than the life that, you know, my partner had with his ex. They obviously had joint assets. They had community property to divide. Like it it was so different than my marriage because mine was very cut and dry. Like we didn't have anything to divvy out or divide. It was just, you know, sign the paper kind of thing. Yeah. And of course, custody of the kid. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only challenge. I don't even think in my situation, it was super difficult either. My son's dad has always been um, very, like, if I plead my case about something, he kind of just concede, like, he'll he'll just back down. And I, I don't know if I feel like that's because maybe he doesn't care very much or he just doesn't like to, he kind of avoids conflict. So if I kind of rear up about something, usually he just says, okay, that's fine. So... Yeah. Very, very the opposite of, you know, our other kind of dynamic. I would ask, well, I'm going to ask anyway. (laughs) How did his kids deal with you coming in with a, basically a baby at that point? Mm -hmm. Well, my stepson was only a year older. He's, He's like 13 months older than my son. So he was three Oh when yeah, that's right. Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, they, it kind of felt, honestly, even now it still feels kind of like we have twins. Like they, they want to have the same of everything. They dress the same. Their personalities are very different. But honestly, I think at that time, because bio mom was kind of doing her own like ways of processing the divorce or whatever, I think that my stepkids well, I know that my stepkids like desperately were like yearning for like a motherly person. And honestly, so much so that it flooded me. I can remember being at my boyfriend's parents' house. And every time I would go to the bathroom, my stepson would like scream and cry at the door. Like he wanted to literally just sit on the floor in front of me, like while I was peeing. Like he was so clingy all over me. Oh, wow. And yeah. And my son is not like that. I don't know if it's because of me that I'm not instinctively a touchy person, but I had never like experienced that before. It was hard for me. Honestly, I felt really overwhelmed really quickly. And I kind of think that's partially my fault. It's partially because I I felt like this huge need to fill all of these holes in their hearts that I didn't create. Mm -hmm. And I totally took all of it on. Like, I'm like, I am going to just save the day. I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to heal everybody here. (laughs) Captain save a kid. Yeah, literally. So um, yeah, I got burnt out super quickly and, and I kind of felt like a traitor. I kind of felt I'm giving all of these things to, to, you know, my stepson who needed it, but it felt weird because I didn't have that dynamic with my son. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, am I doing something wrong with my son? Like, why are we not super affectionate like that? And so it was really hard to navigate in the beginning. My stepdaughter was older. I think she was 11 when I met her. 
And she, I was so scared to meet her. Oh my God. I was so horrified because you hear all these things about like teenage girls, especially like stepdaughters who like hate you and Mm -hmm. like say all these awful things. And I was so scared. I didn't even think I said a word to her the first day that I met her because I was so scared. And she talks about it now and like makes fun of me. Like she laughs about it (laughs) because she's like, remember when you were scared to look at my room? Cause she tried to show me her room and I didn't go in it because I felt like I was, I didn't want to intrude on her space. And she was like, yeah, I kind of thought you were mean because you didn't want to go in my room. (laughs) So it's funny now, you know, looking back on it, but I was terrified. And I just assumed that she would have the same feelings that her mom had towards me. Like I just, in my head, I I just thought she's going to hate me, like totally hate me. And she didn't. She super embraced me. I remember like she made me sit down and watch YouTube videos of her favorite band for like four hours straight. (laughs) And I did it. (laughs) You know, I was just happy to be there and happy that she wanted to like connect with me some way, somehow. So, yeah. And a lot of our relationship was like FaceTime in the beginning. You know, we did road trips to see each other and stuff. But a lot of it was that we would FaceTime and say like goodnight to the kids every night. Like I would talk to them on the phone every morning and tell them to have a good day before they go to school and stuff like that. So, I think a large part of the positivity from my stepkids came from my partner trying to incorporate me within their home, even though we were long distance. Like that really set the foundation, I think, for them. Yeah. And that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It was scary, though. I was I remember being so nervous. Like I was ready to throw up. I was so stressed. (laughs) I was stressed. (laughs) So, yeah. I remember when I met David's kids, I didn't really have any forewarning. I was Mm -hmm. coming over here and I didn't know the kids were here. And I go to pull up in the driveway and he (laughs) says something about his kids being here. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah. I would have backed out of the driveway. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it. Like, what is wrong with you? What what are some of the challenges that you've experienced? Just in general (laughs) or like with the kids or there's so many. With the kids (laughs) and like, I'm curious as far as parenting goes, Mm -hmm. does your husband parent his kids the same as he does the foster daughter? Does he parent your son Mm-hmm. Does he stay away from that? Do you parent his kids? That was probably the hardest part of moving in together, honestly, because I feel like we both, so we were both single parents before we moved in together, blended our lives. And I guess I didn't realize that I was guilty parenting when it came to my son. And he also was very much guilty parenting when it came to like his kids. So when we moved in together, it became Like, why are you like, we're kind of establishing rules for our home, right? Like boundaries that we both mutually agree on that we want to have with the kids and what we want our, our family structure to look like. Mm -hmm. But then we hadn't done that before either. So it kind of, it was really hard, honestly, to find the balance. Like, I'd be like, why are you talking to my son like that? But then letting yours be rude or do this, or it was really hard. Yeah. (laughs) Not to compare, I mean, like, oh, how yeah. we parent this person's kid and, um, like, stepping on each other's toes, I guess, when it came to parenting. So that was really, really hard. 
right now, I'm trying to think of how we parent right now. I don't think that we guilty parent anymore, but I do think that it does come out sometimes like when conflict is really high and we just honestly feel really bad for the kids, Mm -hmm. but we do it together now. (laughs) So I don't know if that's better or worse, but I guess not, it's not really guilty parenting. It's like just cutting them some slack, giving them extra grace. Like, and sometimes it does kind of backfire, like where we, we let things slide a little bit too much and we have to sit down and be like, okay, I'm feeling, you know, disrespected at this point. Like we need to kind of hit the reset button for our kids. Mm-hmm. But you do feel bad, you know, you feel bad for them for the things that they hear and the things that they go through when it's a, am I allowed to cuss? Yes. I'll bleep it out, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I should have asked that before. That's okay. But yeah, like when it's a shitty situation, you know, they, they carry a lot of those feelings and a lot of burden that they shouldn't have to carry. And so sometimes I'm like, you know what, fuck it. You guys can have ice cream for breakfast and we're going to just try to have the best day that we can, even though people have bad attitudes or we're stressed out. We try really hard to find balance. And um, yeah, so to answer your question about like, does he parent everybody the same? Do I parent everybody the same? I do. And he does. I think it's a lot harder when it comes to like our foster daughter, because that situation is new. She's only lived here for four, almost five months now. And that's really, it's hard because she's related to me. So she's not like our child, but at the same time, you know, she's like a year older than my stepdaughter. And we do want to kind of give them the same expectations in our house. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to create a situation where like when you parent kids differently, it can make them resent each other. And I think that we really, really want all the kids to actually like each other. (laughs) So that's a really big thing for me, but that's not to say that I don't, I don't disengage from parenting. It's just that I think now we're so much so on the same page that I can kind of have a hands-off approach when I need to and be like, I'm not dealing with this. Like Mm -hmm. you need to just handle it. And I trust my partner. Like I know that he's going to handle it the way that, not exactly the way that I would, but with the same values and goals that I have. And that's enough for me to be able to pass the baton when I need to, because I need to quite often. (laughs) So when your son does something, Mm-hmm. let's not even say that the other kid did the same thing. Let's just say mm-hmm. your son, I don't know. We can come up with all kinds of stuff, but we're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> your son does something and mm-hmm. your husband punishes him, whether it's mm-hmm. don't do that again. We don't do mm-hmm. that. Go get in the corner. Yep. G- give me your iPad, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I am. I didn't used to be. I used to, oh, I used to take it so personally. Oh my gosh. Every time. And he did too. I think I'm more sensitive about it than he was with his son, just because in my relationship with my ex, he was nowhere to be found when I was parenting my son. Mm -hmm. So I had never had anybody tell my kid what to do. Like, I think there was maybe two times ever where I let somebody else babysit my son while I was a single mom. Like I'm I'm very type A to a fault, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I'm working on. I'm not a go with the flow mom. I am structured and I 
it's probably because of my upbringing that I really feel like kids need structure and they need to know what to expect from people. They need to know what's expected of them in order to feel safe and successful. That's, that's me in a nutshell. And my son used to cry so much. And I think it's because he's never had a man talk to him in a stern voice ever. And so, oh, it used to rip my heart to shreds. Oh yeah, I'm sure. You know what I mean? I just, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. It was so hard for me. And even with my stepkids, I had tried so hard to come in and build a positive relationship with them so much so that I was burnt out and I was tired. And then I started like, I don't want to say snapping, but I hit, I hit a wall and I was like, I can't do this. I don't feel appreciated. Mm -hmm. And so then I started needing to speak up and needing to like have boundaries with them. And that would hurt their feelings because they weren't used to hearing that from me. And so it was just this whole, oh my gosh, so much talking. We're definitely a talk it out family, talk it to death family. (laughs) (laughs) We probably spent six months of our life just talking. It was hard, really, really hard. So yeah, I'm okay with it now. We go back and forth, especially because my boyfriend's in the military. He doesn't have a lot of choice but to put faith in me. And so I know that for him, it was really important for us to be on the same page and to know what to expect out of each other, even when the other one's not home. Mm -hmm. So at this point, it's all good, but it didn't used to be. And even now, I mean, sometimes it still hurts my feelings and I can see that my son's doing something that's wrong and it still hurts. My, like, I'm still like, okay, I'm going to go in the other room because if he looks at me again, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to abandon you, my child, yeah. <laughs> so your stepfather can discipline you. Oh, there you go, I, Lex. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I know. Well, so my son calls him dad. Like, that's like his main dad, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm like, I have to trust my partner. Like, my partner puts this trust in me. And so... He just has these eyes and he knows, he knows exactly what to do in order to get me to feel bad. And oh my God, he does it all the time. But yeah. And my son is more emotional than my stepson for sure. Mm -hmm. Like hands down, like you could raise your voice to my stepson and put him in the corner for six minutes or whatever. And he'll just be like, okay. And he'll go do it. Mm-hmm. Not a peep, not nothing, like no reaction at all. To the point where I'm like, did you even hear me? Like, you should be sad. <laughs> yeah. And my son is like a major meltdown, blow up all the time, chaos kid. And I don't know. I thought I for a long time thought that he w- had ADHD. I honestly think he just has my emotional range because I am his mom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So he's very oppositional. Like he will fight to the death. Like, why do I have to sit in timeout? No, I only want to sit for three minutes, not four. Like I won't do it. Like he's very outspoken and fights (laughs) back. Like Definitely. And so, yeah, I also have to try not to laugh sometimes because he says funny, (laughs) like, you know, when kids just say, something crazy he tried to use a bad word one time and oh I was laughing in the other room and I could see my boyfriend getting mad at me because I was laughing but I couldn't stop (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah it's hard and there's definitely times where we tap out you know like if if my son is giving my boyfriend a super hard time about something to me it's not worth it to 
ruin their bond mm-hmm. in order for my son to be to have a consequence. If they're getting to the point where like my son is like super angry or wanting to scream and, or like kick things, usually that's the point where you know my boyfriend I'm, I'll be in the background like, do you want me to just tap in? And he's like, yeah. So you know, there's definitely a limit, but for the most part, we do try to parent pretty much everybody as much of the same as we can. But when it does come down to it, like he leaves it up to me and I'll leave it up to him too, like with his kids. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, there's only so much. It's like, if you're, I don't want to make myself the bad guy and I don't want him to, I guess I don't mean it like that. I get that parents have to be the bad guys sometimes, but I don't want my stepkids to hate me. I don't want to ruin the years that I have poured into them actually caring about me and having like affection towards me all because I feel like I need to win an argument. So, right, right, exactly. What's the point of having a partner if you can't lean on them when you need to, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, what does your ex think of your son calling stepdad dad or does he even know? Yeah, he knows. And he, again, he's a very passive person, which I, it's very hard for me to feel like he just doesn't care, <laughs> but, or it's hard for me not to feel. Yeah. Like that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's what I mean. <laughs> Cause he, he really doesn't. He, he calls him dad too. Like when he talks to my son, he says, Oh, make sure you're listening to mom and dad. Oh, did you have fun with dad today? My ex refers to my boyfriend as dad when he talks to my son. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and it, And there's a distinction like my, so my son calls his dad, daddy, and he calls my boyfriend dad. And so he, he's honestly really proud of it. He walks around and he's like, I have two dads. You only have one. (laughs) Like (laughs) he's very, you know, open about it. And my stepson calls me mom as well, which was kind of a huge issue in our co-parenting world. But when it comes down to it, We've always kind of told them that they can just choose whatever they're comfortable with. You know, my stepdaughter calls me by my first name and she's obviously much older when I met her. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. With my stepson, if you ask him, he'll tell you that he calls me mom because mom is a nickname for stepmom. And if you ask him, like, what is a stepmom? He'll say, you know, I grew in your heart. I didn't grow in your stomach. He calls me mom, but he does have the understanding that like I'm his stepmom. Right. And there's a difference there. So, um, yeah, which I think is cool. And he only calls me mom at our house. Like when he's with bio mom, he calls me by my first name and that's fine. Like, and I, and I've told him before, you know, that doesn't hurt my feelings. Like you call me whatever you're comfortable with, wherever you're at, whatever you're okay with at that time is fine with me. So I think it's important to give them, I guess, not like permission, but you know, the freedom to feel like they can say what they're comfortable with and you're not going to, you know, hold it against them. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, you made a comment a minute ago. Mm -hmm. Well, let me back up. Yeah. (laughs) So, stepson calls you mom. Mm -hmm. And I know if I was bio mom, I wouldn't like that. Mm -hmm. Was it ever discussed in court? Because I know some court orders say the kids cannot call anyone other than mom, Mm -hmm. mom. Yeah. So we have actually never gone to court. We've had a lot of issues between attorneys throughout the years and had things kind of 
like we've had emergency hearings and stuff, but it, it always ended up getting settled between attorneys like the day before, which is really expensive. Yes. Really frustrating. <laughs> it almost seems like ex parte hearings are a punishment for things, mm-hmm. to be honest. And they're very expensive. You know, it's like this week of our life just cost $10,000 just for everything to stay exactly the same. Exactly. So. It sucks. (laughs) Yes. And then trying Um, to enforce a court order, you spend all mm -hmm. this money and the judge may say, okay, don't do this again. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, I've never seen, (coughs) sorry. Yeah. (coughs) I've never seen where a judge is like, okay, you know, you did this and it was in contempt of the court order. So you have to pay a $600 fine. Yeah. No. Nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And even like, so our court order also says that if you have to go to court because somebody is not following the court order, you can legally ask the judge for your attorney fees to be covered. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we never actually go into the courtroom because we would be able to ask for that. And so we never make it to that step. Well, from (laughs) my understanding, it's always that way. You always have mm -hmm. the option to ask for attorney's fees to be paid. Mm -hmm. But maybe since it's in your court order, Mm -hmm. it would be more towards you if you were the one trying to get them to pay your attorney's fees. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Give you a little bit of favor for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've never been able to use that option. But I feel like there's just so many things in the court order where it's like people can say, oh, you're not following this part. And it's like, well, you're not following nine different parts. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how, how much can you really say? I think it's all or nothing is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like if you're going to follow it because you you made it and you signed it, then follow it to a T. And if you're not, then, you know, you're going to have to be able to understand that that nobody really is going to respect it. If as soon as one person kind of pulls out and says, I don't care what the court order says, that turns into why would anybody want to follow it then? Like, why did we spend all this money and time even making this? Yes. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's pretty draining. But um, nothing in our court order has to do with, like, calling anybody mom. We obviously have the typical, like, non-disparagement clause. We have one where you can't show the kids any court documents until they're 18. So mostly things like that. And then um, one about my social media as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty recent then. Yes. Uh, last year in August was when it was finally done being made and signed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you are told by a court order to be nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and it, it's a little bit of a gray area, at least in my state, because judges don't like to sign court orders that are not enforceable. And, um, to order for my boyfriend to control me is kind of not super, that's like a weird gray area. Right. To be honest. So, so I don't really know how much that part of the court order would even hold up if it came down to it, but I do my best to be respectful of it as much as I, you know, possibly can be mm-hmm. without sacrificing my own feelings and my outlet and my little corner of the internet. Mm -hmm. I think that finding the stepmom side of Instagram was pretty groundbreaking for me because I was drowning in burnout and resentment. And oh yeah, I was just so angry. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, when I finally decided I, I didn't have social media when I met my boyfriend, like I had made a conscious decision 
to get rid of everything except Facebook because that's where I talk to my grandma. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when I finally made an Instagram and I started looking at stepmoms and things like that, I was like, wow, like this is a whole nother world that I didn't know. You know, I, I felt so alone and so angry because honestly, I just felt unappreciated. So for me, the reason that I even tried to start like nachoing in my dynamic is because I felt I felt unappreciated by my kids and I was mad. Like I was real f-ing mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so well, mad our- and hurt and burnout, like you said. Mm-hmm. Because I was there, girl. I was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like miserable there. Yeah. 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 Like I was like, yeah, I'm just going to leave. You know, like you get to that point where you're like, <laughs> like, is it even worth it? Do I want to really sit here and feel like this for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. And so it's like, you can, I'm so glad that I, that I know now that I'm allowed to like disengage. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a spectrum for me, disengagement. It really just depends on what I need in that moment. But I'm very comfortable disengaging and communicating to my partner that I have to disengage, whether that be 25% or 100%. You know, it is what it is. And my boundaries are always going to change. And I think that's okay because I honestly do. I do a lot for my family and for my kids and for my partner, and I deserve to be able to also do a lot for myself and to feel appreciated. So, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned something a minute ago that you feel when the kids are parented differently, it can cause resentment. Mm-hmm. Do you have siblings? I do. I have four younger siblings. Okay. The reason I ask that is because I know that in my nuclear family, mm-hmm. we were parented differently. Mm-hmm. For instance, my dad could wiggle his toe and it broke my heart because I knew he was disappointed. Mm-hmm. My mom mm-hmm. could beat the snot out of me and I would just stare at her. <laughs> my little sister was completely different. She mm-hmm. was more of if you told her she couldn't play on, I don't, gosh, I'm trying to think what electronics, the Atari (laughs) back then, Mm -hmm. that would hurt her. Yeah. So, and with David's kids, we saw the same thing. Some of them Mm -hmm. were more reactive to verbal Mm -hmm. punishment. I I don't even know if that's the right word, but anyway, and Mm -hmm. of course I'm not saying abuse, but definitely some of them were, oh, you can't play the Wii. Then that Mm -hmm. was what their thing was. That's my stepson. He's an iPad kid for sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. when we had different rules for my son and his kids, mm-hmm. it really wasn't that noticeable, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah. Jackson was five years younger than the triplets. Mm-hmm. So when I say like parent differently, I don't mean you basically have a cookie cutter consequence or a rule book for, for everybody and it's just like a blanket thing. I mean, parenting them a certain way when you're both present versus when you're alone with the kid, you let things slide or you don't react or you don't punish them or you like respond in a different way. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying. I agree with you that like kids have different needs, obviously how you're talking about electronics. That's a hundred percent my stepson. Like if, if I put him in timeout 
he doesn't care. But if we take away his video games for the night, like his 30 minutes that he gets, he's devastated crying. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean that my partner and I have the same parenting plan for each kid. So it's like, my son is super reactive and emotional. So we both try our best not to add more negative energy when we are talking to him, you know, and it's very, one of the things that we offer him often is, you know, do you need to go grab an ice pack and then try to calm your body down so we can talk about it Mm -hmm. Um, versus my stepson. He's obviously very different and he just doesn't really react to things a lot like that. So we could take like the biggest punishment for him is like video games. And my son, I didn't let him even look at a screen until he was two. So he would rather be outside than anything else. So they're very different. Yeah. (laughs) But I just mean that like we're a united front when it comes to how we respond to each of them. Like we try really hard to not make it seem like he's only punishing them because I'm in the room or that he's giving a lesser punishment to my son because I'm standing there. Like we always try to make it consistent how we respond to each of them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and especially like my stepdaughter is she's 13 now she's going to be 14 in June. So it's very different how we have to respond to her versus the boys because they're so much younger and they're boys. So for her, it's a lot of times we do sit down conversations and we just talk to her or ask her, you know, where she's coming from, how she's feeling. But yeah, so it is different for each kid, but we, we try to do the same things individually. And when we're together for each kid, right. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Now you have a social media platform Mm -hmm. and you said you had went on Instagram and you found stepmoms that were struggling and it made you feel better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cause Mm -hmm. (laughs) we always feel better when we know somebody else is feeling our pain. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. What made you start your stepmom platform? I think I just needed a place to vent, to be honest. My platform used to be a lot more direct and a lot more, I don't want to say aggressive, but kind of aggressive. I mean, I was really hurt and I was really upset. And there had been incidents with our kids by a mom and me, like us talking directly to each other that were kind of blow ups. And that hadn't happened before, you know, prior to that, I was always the middleman and my partner was the one that would be on the receiving end of blow ups. Mm -hmm. So I was really upset. I was like, I do so much for your kids that I don't feel like anyone else is doing. And so for you to talk to me like that, like I was just really, really upset. So yeah, there was a couple of times where my platform was private too, because I just wanted to vent and be candid for once. Like I felt like I was always tiptoeing around things and I can vent to my partner, but it's like, he's going through the same thing and he feels like crap in general because he's the reason that we're even in. <laughs> yeah. It's your fault, <laughs> you know buddy. What I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so venting to him about how hurt I am just makes him feel even more crappy inside And I didn't have, I didn't have a stepmom friend at that time. Like I didn't know anybody who was going through what I was going through. And even now I only have one who lives in my city. (laughs) Thank God for her. Yeah. It can be so lonely. And I feel like people don't talk about it enough. It sucks. Like it can be traumatic Mm -hmm. for everybody, you know, kids included. And I honestly just had no idea who to turn to or what to do. So I found people 
who had similar situations and I befriended all of them on Instagram. And then I just poured my heart out. And I, I know that bio mom saw a lot of those things because she had had her friends like requesting to be my friends Mm -hmm. and like a couple accounts that were like fake accounts. And so I know that she saw some of those things and I've, her and I have sat down and talked about that stuff and I've apologized to her for saying those things. So she understands that I just, honestly, I felt like kind of betrayed. I have this like undying loyalty to your kids. Like, why do you hate me so much? You know, I, I felt super, super, super upset. So yeah. So my account obviously is a little bit different now. I've rebranded my entire account. It used to be green and purple. I don't know why. I don't know why, (laughs) you know, like Barney, but, uh, I was just upset and I needed a place to turn to and I found it and I, I used it. (laughs) Yeah. So what does your platform, do you offer just tips or do you offer coaching or anything like that? So I'm trying to start offering coaching. I haven't started it yet, but I'm learning how to set up I don't remember what it's called, like where you can book appointments. (laughs) You have it. You have it down. But um, I'm like, I was watching yours when I was making this appointment with you. And I'm like, oh, that's a cute little design. (laughs) So I'm going to start offering sessions soon. And then for now, I just started a podcast two months ago. So we've been really working on that. And then, yeah, just trying to be like a safe place for set moms to have feelings that they don't have to tone down. Yeah. Just one place where people can be them. Yeah. If you need to scream bad words, do it. <laughs> well, let it out. Your story sounds a lot like mine as far as I kept Nacho Kids kind of a secret. I would mm-hmm. go find people in Facebook groups that mm-hmm. were attacked by other stepmoms mm-hmm. and I would reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm sorry that you got attacked. I understand Mm -hmm. where you are. If you would like, you can join this group. And then, Mm -hmm. so I started sharing what David and I were doing and what worked for us. Mm -hmm. And these people started having success with it. So we're like, oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, we're on to something. And so eventually it was, I need to grow. Mm -hmm. We need to be willing to share it with the world because we did see what positive impact it was having on these families that were going by our process. Mm-hmm. And so we became public and our Facebook group is still private, but I've got a Facebook page. And the reason a lot of times people will say, how do you let people in your Facebook group like this that say they hate their stepkids? Because I was one of those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, we don't allow cussing <laughs> <laughs> because it just gets off the chain. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 too much. It um mm-hmm. it won't offend people to not have cussing, but it offends people to have cussing. Mm-hmm. Well, when yeah. when they read the post, now some people are like, "Well, that's a common word where I live." Well, good. <laughs> start you a page that starts with that word. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, it was kind of a really tough decision for me because I'm like, I want people to be ex- able to express themselves. But I know sometimes when I would read stuff before we implemented Mm -hmm. that rule, like I said, it was off the chain. And Mm -hmm. it could honestly make a situation with the stepkids, if they were talking about the stepkids, almost sound abusive. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. I was like, mm, no, we're not going to have bad words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, you're right. Like it's important that those feelings are allowed to be said because I feel like there's so many situations that turn so sour and it's like, who do you get to talk to about? Like you can't sit there and tell your partner how much you can't stand their kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, but he's probably not going to like it. <laughs> so even in my situation, I, I am like lucky enough to be very bonded to my stepkids, but sometimes I'm just tired. Sometimes I just, I'm like, wow, I really want to be alone and I don't get to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, even I can remember a few weeks ago, it was like transition day. And I was like, man, I'm gonna have to get up even earlier this entire week because my stepson's school starts earlier than my son's school and the girls like our my stepdaughter and our foster daughter their school starts even later so every morning on those weeks I have to get up earlier and I have to go to three different schools because my husband had a kid with some other woman yeah I'm like this is exhausting (laughs) (laughs) you know I'm tired and I told that to my partner I'm like I'm just tired and and he initially like he's offended by it like he's like well you know it can feel like I'm saying that his kids are a burden but that's not what I mean I'm just tired it's just because I'm a stepmom that I can't complain about them without people being like oh so you don't like them yeah you can complain about your own kids all day long and people are like I hear you man they drive me crazy yeah Mm -hmm. just like you can tell your own kid I'll knock your teeth down your throat yeah (laughs) but you tell the stepkid that oh lord right you're going to jail it's crazy it's it's a, such a double standard i'm like i spend just as much time with this kid as you do you get tired too it i just yeah it's so sensitive and and i understand it but at the same time i'm like mm, i have to be able to say when i'm tired i have to be able to say when i'm at my limit or you know just in general there are so many things that I feel like moms, like bio moms can say that stepmoms are like crucified for. Oh, like, yes, definitely. So, yeah. And the thing is, is mm-hmm. they expect you to be mom to their kids in every other way, except for mm-hmm. disciplining and complaining about them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like you can yeah. take little Johnny to soccer seven days a week and get up two hours mm-hmm. early to do that or you can spend your money on my kid, but don't mm-hmm. you dare tell little Johnny he can't do that. And don't you dare mm-hmm. say that little Johnny gets on your nerves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there have been times in our relationship where I was like, well, you can find somebody else to take him to fucking school. Yep. Like, you know, it. like, <laughs> what, what would you be doing if I wasn't here? You know what I mean? Or what if I, so I'm a stay at home mom. Like I'm, I went back to school when we moved in together. So I have like hopefully another year left of school and then I'll be able to be a sped teacher, which is like what I've always wanted. But I'm like, you know, what if I was, what if I was still working full time? Like I had a career in law enforcement before we moved in together. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, what if I was still working? What would you, what would you do? Figured it out before me. So be appreciative or figure it out by yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly. We say that a lot too, is what would they do if you weren't there? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, you know, you have people that take things to extremes. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, you are here, so you should be helping me. Or they'll say, oh, you want to pretend you're not here? Then I'm going to go sleep with somebody else. Oh, God. You know, yeah. they just go to extremes with it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who do that with like the whole nacho method in general where they're like, oh, so you just hate their kids and just like, why are you even with somebody like it? Yeah. People just take it too far. And it's like nobody just because a stepmom decides to disengage or have boundaries or self-respect doesn't mean that she doesn't care about the kids not like if they were dying on the side of the road she'd be like not my kid bye yeah (laughs) you know it doesn't have to be that extreme it's just that you're more than just a stepmom being a stepmom doesn't have to be your entire identity being a mom doesn't have to be your whole identity being a wife doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. you're a person and people have limits and people need to feel appreciated otherwise why would they continue doing the, the things that they're doing right that's so. like David Nacho Jackson as far as discipline and parenting. Mm-hmm. But if Jackson was sick at school, it made more sense for David to go get him than me. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. David was 10 minutes down the road and I'm 45 minutes mm-hmm. down the road. And I would have to take yeah. a half a day vacation and he wouldn't kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. of course, you nacho the things that cause you stress. But if Jackson would have been where David went to pick him up and Jackson was just mean to him and rude to him, mm-hmm. then David would have been like, no. Uh-uh. You mm-hmm. go get your own yeah. bratty youngin. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I do think Nacho gets such a bad rap because mm-hmm. people think it is just in dis- uh, is just disengaging, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. so much more than that because you said that you were angry and you were hurt. You have to overcome mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Disengaging by itself does not fix your problems. Mm-mm. Yeah, it just disconnects you. Yeah, it lets the pressure off. Mm-hmm. But you've got to figure out the best way to engage in this quote, quote, blend. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean your role has to be one of mom. It doesn't mean that you have to love your stepkids like your own. Mm-hmm. But it does mean that you have to realize by doing a lot of self-awareness work and stuff like that, that you can mm-hmm. contribute to these problems that you're having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh yeah, my number one advice for stepmoms is just go to therapy, girl, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I, there's just so many things that are really, really hard to swallow and really, really hard to process. And I don't think that our partners automatically come equipped with being able to help guide you through your stepmom journey. Like they are having enough of a time guiding themselves through getting divorced and trying to figure out parenting their kids in a whole different way. Right. And they think that you should, they think that they can pluck bio mom out as the wife, put you in Mm -hmm. and you just take over all those functions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think in my dynamic specifically, there were so many things that never were done. So for me, I took on In the beginning, I think it was like my personal mission to give my kids and my partner everything that they never got. Yes. And oh my God, I was so freaking tired Mm -hmm. from, you know what I mean? It's like, I just felt bad and I knew, I know what they deserve. I know what they should be getting, but that wasn't my job. Like, it's not my responsibility to try to kind of like what I was saying earlier, like fill all of these voids that I didn't create. So there's a lot that I can give to my kids, but that still doesn't fix, you know, what somebody else isn't giving to them. And it's not going to like, they, they're going to have to do their own journey and their own healing. But yeah, I really did come in thinking that I could just love them enough or do enough or show them enough of what a mom is supposed to look like, or what a wife is supposed to look like. 
and that that would fix everything. And obviously that was very naive of me. Yeah. 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 I know. I would say the majority of Mm -hmm. stepmoms come in with that of, I I want y'all to have a better life. I want Mm -hmm. to shower you with things you were not showered with before, whether it's attention or gifts or whatever. Mm -hmm. I want my husband to be happy and, oh, Lord, what I'm thinking in my head is get sex every night where he (laughs) didn't get it but once a month before. They're lying to y'all, by the way. Oh, gosh. (laughs) But I I want to be this for them. Mm -hmm. We don't come in thinking, I'm going to control everything and— it's, it's really with the best of intentions. Yeah, truly. Mm-hmm. But then we get burnout and mm-hmm. we realize it's not our place and we're not fixing mm-hmm. anything. We're just complicating things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that the best part of like nachoing is that you can come back in kind of like at your own discretion and your own, like what you're saying, like re-engaging in your dynamic mm-hmm. some way, somehow. I think that for me, when I like fully pulled back, I did disengage. Like I was like, I'm done. Like I'm not doing transitions. I'm not doing any communication. Don't talk to me. I'm, I blocked everybody. Like I was super, like I put the brakes on everything to do with me being a part of anything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, my partner's initial response was like super offended and like well what do you mean you've always said that like you need to be a part of things that you whatever whatever and I was like I don't care don't even ask me about anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) and yeah that obviously didn't get us very far and I do think that I was I took it a little bit too far but I was upset and I just needed a second to kind of figure out where I could fit in where I felt like I was not overexpending I just didn't have anything left in my cup. You know, mm-hmm. I was pouring into so many different people and I didn't feel like I had anybody pouring into me. Right. So I had to stop and I had to pour into me. And so, I mean, I'm still doing therapy and I don't know if I'll ever stop because there's just so much to process and so much that constantly is changing. At least that's how our blended family is. I don't know if that's how everybody is, but I just feel like there's always something. There's always something. And um, yeah, I think the self-help books really trying to connect with how like the root of your feelings. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For me, a huge part of my triggers as a stepmom have to do with my childhood. Because I grew up with a super abusive stepdad and my mom is a classic narcissist. So for me, so many things were triggering to me because I hadn't dealt with like my childhood trauma at all. So things were happening and I'm like, I see my mom right now. Things that bio mom would do would remind, like I would revert right back to like when I was 14 Mm -hmm. going through it with my mom. Yes. And with my stepdad, I felt the need to be like this amazing stepmom. Like I'm like, I will never make my kids feel the way that my stepdad made me feel. And so I felt such a need to overcompensate. And that 
is so not sustainable (laughs) at all. Yes. So all those things had to come to an end and I just really needed to sort through my own stuff. So I think trying to re-engage has a lot to do with actually identifying why are you feeling resentful where like you have to get to the heart of those issues first. Right. That's like Mm -hmm. in the Nacho Kids Academy, we have the boot camp Mm -hmm. and that's the process that walks you through. Mm -hmm. Identifying your triggers, learning how to cope with those triggers or how to avoid them, Mm -hmm. understanding more of the blended dynamics and realizing mm-hmm. that you it's not always about you. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's like you said something a minute ago about wanting to do all these things for your stepkids and your husband that they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. But sometimes as stepmoms, we don't realize that that's just a reminder to the kids that their mom never did it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like twisting the knife in the wound. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's a really good point. So I am just processing that. That's something I need to be reminded of more often than not, because I do, I still overcompensate for holidays and stuff. And I don't know if that's because I didn't get that growing up. And so I want my kids to feel seen on their birthdays. You know, on Valentine's Day, we write things we love about our kids on like these hearts and we tape them to their doors. Like I do... I try to do all the things I always wanted to do for my son, but we do it for everybody now. And yeah, I don't, I think that that probably does shed a lot of light because, you know, kids compare kids sit there and say, well, why don't I ever get that anywhere else? And so it's kind of sad, you know? Yeah, exactly. It has to be hard. So you said you started a podcast. Mm -hmm. What's the name of your podcast? It's called Bio Bonus Badass, the podcast. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so part of that's going to get bleeped out, but (laughs) it's Bio Bonus Bad Butt and replace butt (laughs) with the three-letter word. Yeah. And is it just you on the podcast? So it's me and then my co-host is Megan. Her, well, she's more known as from Bonus to Bio on her um, Instagram platform. So she was a bonus mom first. Now she's also a bio mom. So Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's Canadian. So I love listening to her talk. I love listening to you talk too. <laughs> I, was listening, <laughs> I was listening to some of your episodes yesterday to kind of prepare myself. And I was like, wow, I could listen to these forever. <laughs> My Southernese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes me wish I had that. I'm like, oh, you know, when you're singing country songs and they're just like that twang. Comes uh-huh. out? <laughs> That's how I felt after listening to your episodes. I'm like, oh. <laughs> One of the hardest things for me when we started doing the podcast mm-hmm. is you don't realize how country you sound until you listen to yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I, I would listen to it and I was like, I can't release that. Oh, my gosh. So I had to stop listening to them. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to not listen to yourself when you're editing podcasts. But I found if I speed it up to like 3x, (laughs) I don't sound so Southern. (laughs) I don't listen. I edit our episodes. And once I publish it, I never listen to it. I I don't want to hear myself talk. (laughs) But when you're editing it, you hear yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, let's pretend that's somebody else. Yeah, I'm like nitpicky with myself, too. I'm like, oh, 
I heard myself breathe. I better cut that out. Yes. You can know I can breathe. Oh my gosh. When I first started doing the podcast, I am not exaggerating at all when I tell you that a one hour podcast took me four hours to edit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I talk to people and they're like, I don't edit mine at all. I'm like, what? Because people have those words that they always use. For instance, I use, you know, that's one of my big mm-hmm. words. Some people use like, some people, yep. um, and I use all of them. <laughs> there you go. You have variety. <laughs> and I am not kidding you. This one podcast had over 700 likes in it. Oh my God. I can't release that. <laughs> and I had one that apparently I didn't catch all that stuff. And somebody had commented on our podcast review and said something about the podcast and having all the, whatever that word was. And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought that I fixed that one. Well, apparently I didn't because it's still, once you hear it, you can't stop mm-hmm. hearing it. Mm-hmm. So now yep. everybody's going to be looking for my you knows. <laughs> I'm going to count just so you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of like with um, with kids. Once something starts bothering you that they do. Oh, God, you can hear it every time. You're like, there it is again. <laughs> yeah, I've shared this before. We were at church one day, and they have those clicky pins. You know, the... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so yeah. David was getting <laughs> aggravated by it. And I'm telling him, don't bring it to my attention. I'm trying to mm-hmm. listen to the preacher. Don't distract me, because if I start hearing it, that's all I'm going to hear. <laughs> and I noticed on the prayer card, he put, get rid of the clicky pins. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> but it can. Once you hear it, mm-hmm. you just can't usually stop it, and it just drives you insane. Yep. 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 Definitely. I'm a, I'm a, I don't know, I guess I don't really know what it's called, I, a noise person. I can hear literally everything. That's why I have to wear headphones when I do podcast episodes, because I can hear the neighbor closing their garage, my dog downstairs moving around. I can hear people breathing, mm-hmm. the TV, everything. Mm-hmm. I hear everything. And um, yeah, so whenever we have all the kids home, it's like, oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, everybody, let's have five minutes of silence. <laughs> I used to get in the car and ride around the block. Mm, yeah. Because with five kids, my oh my gosh. <laughs> I still couldn't yeah, I turn the go. TV up loud enough to drown them out. Yeah. Yeah, I have to have noise canceling headphones. That's so when I when I make dinner every night, I have my noise canceling headphones on and like my kids know, like don't talk to me basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's like my time so they can be loud, they can do whatever they want and I I don't hear any of it and I just get to focus on what I'm doing and I listen to music without words because I really need my brain to settle. So yeah, that's a really big thing for me. So you listen Our to instrumentals? Yeah, it's like lo-fi is what the... It's oh, like yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. And our kids are not allowed in our room either without asking. So I, if I come into my room and the door is shut, which our door is pretty much never shut unless unless things are happening that kids don't need to see. <laughs> so, <laughs> so our kids, they know if our door is shut, like don't come knocking. <laughs> so if I need a minute to myself, I'll just come upstairs and shut the door and, and they'll leave me alone. Although I can still hear, I can hear them coming up and down the stairs. I can hear everything. Yes. I know. One of David's kids, I still laugh. He walks so heavily. <laughs> it's it's like an yep. elephant coming down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're moving because of the stairs. I Our boy's room is right above the living room and I cannot 
It is so loud. It sounds like they're about to fall through the floor. Yes. When they jump. Oh, yeah. They have a bunk bed and it's like a toddler. It's geared toward like younger kids. So the bottom bed is actually on the floor. So the top bunk isn't super high. Right. But oh God, they they jump off the top of that thing. Like it's it's their job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. We have a hard time with like after we do like transition days, the boys are so excited to see each other that they are just crazy. It definitely takes a day or two for them to kind of remember where they're at. So, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, Lex, it has been great having you as a guest. Thanks. Yeah. It was fun chatting with you. Yeah. I like listening to your accent and, and it's, it's honestly, I feel super refreshing to be able to be candid about, I want to always be sensitive to my kids and to everybody involved, but at the same time, it's nice to be able to just say like, this is, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. You know, there's so many feelings that come with being a stepmom, you know? So yeah, now I'm saying, you know, like you, (laughs) (laughs) and you're every time somebody says it, you're going to go, do you see that? They just said, you know, Oh my gosh. I'll just turn it into a drinking game. Yeah. I remember we had a HR lady that -hmm. was given this presentation one time and I counted the ums. (laughs) That was the way I stayed awake and paid attention. Please don't do that to this episode. I say um. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I didn't hear it a lot with you. So we're we're good. Uh, We're good. Just cut them out. (laughs) Yeah. Just cut out all the ums. No ums in here. (laughs) <laughs> and I remember my boss was sitting beside me, and she goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm counting the times that she said ums. She said, it's driving me freaking crazy. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. Yeah, I think I ended up with 215 in like 30 minutes. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Maybe I don't need to make that a drinking game because I will die. <laughs> yes, you will die. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well, thanks for being a guest and stay in touch and let us know how things are going. Of course. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. We still have some scholarships to give out. If you are interested in applying for a scholarship to one month of the Nacho Kids Academy, go to nachokids.com slash scholarships and apply there. We will be announcing a new winner next week. All right. All right, what else we got going on, David? What else? That's it. All right, that's all I got, David. All right, well, join us next week, folks. And until then, remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.